Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a very important lesson uh, for the brothers and sisters worldwide. Probably the most important lesson we've done to date, brothers and sisters. Uh, today's lesson will be called uh, Humility in the Age of Arrogance. We're going to talk about humility today, brothers and sisters. Humility is a pivotal attribute while laboring in the garden of the Most High God, reaping fruit, working in the vineyard. Humility is uh, your greatest strength, your greatest spiritual asset. Humility is such an elusive virtue. As soon as we think we have it, we don't. Part of the problem is once we become humble, that hum- that humility screams out for recognition. Now we, you know, we want to be recognized for that humility. Um, the quality of humility emanates out of proper assessment of ourselves before the Most High. So this will be a great leadership lesson for the brothers and sisters. And we're going to start in Matthew 26. We're going to start at verse 36 through 39. Matthew 26 36. Matthew 26, verse 36. Then cometh Christ with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. So, <clears throat> Christ, this was before, uh, you know, before he was crucified, uh, went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray to the Most High God. He had the disciples with him. Continue, brother. Verse 37. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Jabedi, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is ascending sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. Right. So, read that one more time, brother. Verse 38. Then said he unto them, My soul is ascending sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Right. So Christ was telling him that he was exceedingly sorrowful. He was sorrowful, brothers and sisters. And the key that we wanted you to examine in this scripture is Christ didn't camouflage, right, or conceal the fact that certain things were difficult for him. That's a form of humility, brothers and sisters. He could have act like, you know, nothing bothered him. And, you know, he was the toughest, strongest guy, but he didn't. He didn't camouflage that, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 38, then said he unto them, my soul is exceeding, exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. So he asked his disciples to tarry here and watch while he goes to pray to the Most High God. Con- continue, brother. Verse 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will but as thou wilt. Right. So he asked the Most High, if, if there's any way that, you know, I can pass this cup, I, I, you know, I would love, I would love for that. But, of course, we know, and he knew also, that he would need to be sacrificed. But the, the key part of this scripture, brothers and sisters, is he submitted to the Most High. He, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't a good day to be Christ at that time. He knew that he was going to die. I don't know if any people have known that they're going to die and know that it's going to happen. That's something, you know, that quality right there to be able to submit during something like that, brothers and sisters. So being being humble, dealing with humility naturally leads to submission, submission to the most high. 
submission to Christ, women submitting to their husbands. We all submitting in a church to an elder or those who are older than us. One thing we must know, brothers and sisters, anybody that wants to be a leader, your vulnerability actually makes others feel like they can better identify with you. You ever remember when you were in school, you had that, that one popular girl, that popular guy who didn't seem like they ever had issues. And then you saw some adversity from them and you actually liked them more after that. You're like, oh, they're normal just like me. Mm-hmm. See? So you must be humble enough to be able to, you know, be vulnerable in front of those brothers and sisters. That's a form of humility and leadership. Let's go to Deuteronomy 8 and 2. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2 And thou shalt remember all the way Which the most high thy God Led thee these forty years in the wilderness To humble thee and to prove thee To know what was in thine heart Whether thou wouldst keep his commandments Or no Right so this is the reason why Israel uh, Traveled for forty years In the wilderness Just walking in circles brothers and sisters God humbles men in order to bring them into obedience. Israel's pride led us to disobey the Most High God's commands. And God, the Most High, invested 40 years in developing that humility and obedience with his people. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Most High thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee. To what? To humble thee. See, so I had a brother actually ask me uh, maybe a few weeks ago, why did it take so long for us to make it into the land? And this is why the Most High was looking to humble us, brothers and sisters. He was looking for us to be obedient. Continue, brother. To humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. To prove thee, brothers and sisters. So when we go through things, adversity, it's to prove us. It's to humble us, brothers and sisters. When you go through certain things in life, especially as a man, you get humble. As a young man, you're not that humble because you don't really know what can go wrong. Really. But as you continue to grow and things spiral out of control sometimes, you become humble. You show some level of humility, brothers and sisters. And if you want to work in the vineyard, if we want to work in the vineyard, we must practice humility, brothers and sisters. The children of Israel struggle with that. Let's go to Hebrews 5 and 8. New Testament, brothers and sisters. Hebrews 5 verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. He learned, Christ learned from tribulation. Women should know this, and brothers, we already know this. We learn more from failure. That's how men learn. We fail, brother, go to jail twice, three times. Oh, I need to stop doing that. I'm getting caught up now. Sometimes you just got to let somebody fall, because especially a man, he will learn from that. He will learn. So Christ learned through the suffering, brothers and sisters. Even though he wanted that cup removed, if he could, he learned from the suffering. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Right. So through our tribulation, through the 40 years, we learned obedience. We, we learned humility, brothers and sisters. It didn't last that long, but 
nevertheless, we learned. So, brothers and sisters, when you are going through uh, adversity or trials, fiery trials, understand that the Most High is looking to bring you into obedience. He's looking to humble you. Each and every one of us. We must be humble, brothers and sisters, because why? Christ was the most humble. Christ was the most humble. And we're, we're trying to be like Christ. Christ was the greatest Jew. Doesn't matter that you're an Israelite or a Jew if you're not like the greatest Jew or Israelite. So we are looking to mimic Christ. Let's go to Matthew 23. We're going to start at verse 11. Matthew 23, verse 11. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Read that one more time, brother. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Right. Because why? The disciples were discoursing amongst themselves who would be the greatest disciple. And Christ said, read it again, brother. Verse 11. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. So Christ's humility drew men towards him. That's what will draw people towards you, brothers and sisters, is your humility. Not that you can break down a hundred precepts or you know about slave ships or you have a nice car. That's not what it is, brothers and sisters. Somebody who's looking for guidance in regards to pleasing God and life purpose, they're drawn to humility, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Right. So, brothers and sisters, a humble man <clears throat> is small in his own eyes. And he desires to fulfill God's will for his life above all things. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. That means you'll be brought low. If you try to exalt yourself, if I, if we try to exalt ourselves, the most High going to bring you low. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Right. See, so if we show humility, the Most High will exalt us. Because why? Because we have the humility. And the children of Israel struggle with that, especially the Judeans. Our people are very proud and arrogant people, and we, we don't even have our culture or heritage. So just imagine how arrogant we could be when we do have that. And see, that's why the Most High had to take the heritage from us. I, I think about it, you know, constantly. You know, what the Most High did to us through punishment, it's the only thing he could do. Because why? These other nations couldn't beat us physically. So there was nothing that could be done other than taking our heritage, our righteousness, take it away from us. That's the only thing that can weaken us, brothers and sisters. So humility is your most powerful attribute while laboring in the vineyard, brothers and sisters. That's it. Brothers and sisters will be drawn to you through your humility. Let's go to John 3 and 30, brother. The gospel. John 3, verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. Right, so, so the Most High, you need to become less of yourself and more of Christ, brothers and sisters. You must diminish yourself. I must diminish ourself. And when you're trying to bring people to Christ and you're maybe in a leadership position, you must reduce yourself and allow others to expand. Because it's not about you. 
It's about the person that's looking to learn, brothers and sisters. We need to give them space, allow them to grow and blossom into what the Most High want them to be. Not us trying to force our lifestyle on somebody who may not be ready. Because mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not about the shepherd. It's actually about the sheep. So you must make yourself small. Any great leader knows how to make himself small and allow the pupils to, to profit and be lifted and be recognized. Because it's not about you showing somebody you have more knowledge. It's really about this person coming closer to the Most High and blossoming into what the Most High want them to be. But they can't do that if your ego and your personality is so big that it controls them, brothers and sisters. We need to allow them the place to develop and find their purpose. We don't need to try to impose our lifestyle on everybody, brothers and sisters. You have to give them space to grow and to be themselves. That's what we have to do. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. Right. So each and every one of us should become less of that old man and more of Christ, brothers and sisters. That's that's our ultimate goal, brothers and sisters. We're going to Romans 12 and 3. Romans 12, verse 3. For I say... Through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt with every man the measure of faith. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we must make ourselves small. A lot of times, especially when somebody humbled themselves to learn from a brother or sister, that person who, who a lot of times is an elder or a teacher, sometimes these brothers, you know, everybody is quote-unquote human. So sometimes this thing get to their head where now in every conversation, their voice is being, their voice is, you know, is the one being magnified instead of the others, the the, the, the babies in Christ. Because why? You need to hear what they have to say. You, you think you know it, you have it. Allow other people's voice to be heard. Specifically for me, something that I've learned is, you know, People do ask me of my opinion, but I'll make sure that I ask everybody else's opinion also. Well, brother, how do you feel about it? What do you think? Just your personal opinion, brother or sister, because it's not about me. It's about those who are trying to learn. And that's something we must all try to uh, put into effect, brothers and sisters, because a lot of you all have more knowledge than, you know, 90 percent of the world. But if you're overbearing, you know, you're answering every question that people are just saying in casual conversation. You can't even see who this person is becoming. We all must know that we are servant and nothing but a servant. We we need brothers and sisters to understand that even us, even this church, this church is is a servant for those who are looking for the word. It's not about us. Don't give glory to a man who's teaching. Because why? If that man is bring, breaking down scriptures and you can follow those scriptures in the Bible, it's not that man. That man is a mouthpiece for the Most High. It's not that man. Let's move forward, brother. We're going to Proverbs 18 and 12. Proverb wisdom scriptures, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 18, verse 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, 
and before honor is humility. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Right. Honor accompanies a job well done, brothers and sisters. Uh, if a leader is effective, he will receive the honor, more honor than he, you know, he would know what to do with it, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Right. So a person who's looking for honor is misguided. They're misinformed. The most I tell you, honor come before. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 12. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Right, humility, brothers and sisters. So, once you humble yourself, once we humble ourselves and be in the spirit of humility, the honor comes after that. Because the Most High is not going to allow you to be honored in your proud person. Because humility understands that everything we have, everything we know, everything we are, came from the Most High. It wasn't based on the strength of our hand. And that's what we must understand, brothers and sisters. We're going to John chapter 12 in the, in the gospel. We're going to read uh, verse 42 and 43. John 12, verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Read that part again, brother. Verse 43. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Right. So, brothers and sisters, you'll have brothers and sisters who are bringing out something that maybe not, you know, that is probably not doctrinally sound, and they'll know that it's wrong. But they will never say you're right. Why? Because if you're right, by default, they're wrong. And that's really what it's about, brothers and sisters. So some people out there would do things exclusively just to be viewed by men. Read, read that uh, last scripture again, brother. Verse 43. For, the, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Right. So brothers and sisters, you'll have people out there who would rather be a leader in what's wrong or what's false rather than to humble themselves, fall in line and be an ordinary member under the authority of what's true. That's what you'll have, brothers and sisters. People will try to etch out a space for themselves when the only thing you have to do is follow the doctrine of Christ. You don't have to go and teach things to make you seem different. <laughs> you just teach what Christ taught and you'll be fine. And the most High will bring people to you because you're sticking with the syllabus and you're not going off onto your own ideologies. Let's go to Matthew 23, brother. Actually, read that one more time from the top, brother. Uh, 42 John 12 and 42 please John 12 verse 42 nevertheless among the chief rulers also many believed on him but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him right. lest they should be put out of the synagogue right so they believed Christ but they wouldn't say that they believed because why brother verse 43 for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God right because why if Christ is right now I must humble myself and be under Christ see you have people out there who want to be viewed as superior in public opinion. That's what they care about. They care about public opinion. That's not the spirit of humility, brothers and sisters. This Somebody dealing in this spirit would never be a great leader, male or female. Let's go to Matthew 23, brother, and 27. 
Matthew 23, verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Be careful not to become these Israelites, brothers and sisters. Verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto wit, with it sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones. Right. So he's saying the Pharisees, they're like whited sepulchres. They look beautiful on the outside from the orange set, but inside they're rotten. They're rotten, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto witted sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrites hypocrisy and iniquity see so outwardly they claim that they just want you to be you know i just want you to be doing the right thing i just want you to come closer to christ when really it's something else Mm -hmm. it's something else in their heart they need Mm -hmm. you to conform to their ideologies Mm -hmm. and if you don't conform to their ideologies it's a problem it's not about bringing christ this is what they'll use brothers and sisters do you think they're just going to come to you and say no i really just want to tell you what to do who, who's going to come and do that to you, brothers and sisters? But this is what the Pharisees were dealing with. Read 28 again, brother, please. Verse 28. <clears throat> Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. Right, so you boast of the prophets, our forefathers. You boasting, but... Continue, brother. Verse 30. And say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. See, so they're saying, we, if we lived back then, we wouldn't have killed the prophets, our forefathers. This is what they'll say. This is what they were saying. If we was alive in David's time and, you know, Saul's time and Daniel's time, we wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have acted in violence or anger towards them. Continue, brother. Verse 31. Wherefore ye be <clears throat> witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. He said, You are the children of those who killed the prophets. Why? Because somebody who keeps coming to you, telling you, You know you ain't supposed to be doing that. You know you ain't supposed to be doing that. You know you ain't supposed to be doing that. <laughs> In times past, there were certain sins that was punishable by death. So today it may not seem like it's that. You know, that egregious. But in times past, if they would have did this, some of us could be killed. Mm-hmm. Some of us could be killed, brothers and sisters, by somebody claiming that we're breaking the law. When we're just dealing in the spirit of Christ. Some people don't even have the knowledge yet. So what he's saying is, you're those who killed the prophets. These same people who are dealing that pharisaical spirit would have you killed, brothers and sisters. And I know it sounds extreme, but if you look at it from this context, if you <clears> did this... When we were a people in ancient time, ancient times, a lot of these sins were punishable by death. So just imagine how people were coming. Well, where's your fringes? Well, where's this? And where's that? You know you're not supposed to be doing this. You know you're not supposed to be working on the Sabbath. See, those type of things could have you killed, brothers and sisters. When that is not the spirit of Christ, that's a Pharisee. That's pharisaical. Now, if a brother come to you and ask you, right? A brother say, man. I invited you over two Christmases in a row. You know, what's going on? Everything okay? Well, brother, um, I don't mean to judge you or offend you, but 
Christmas is pagan worship, brother, and the Bible warns me against that. See, he asked you and you went into it. You didn't just promote what you wanted to come to him and say, yeah, well, brother, this you're doing wrong and that you're doing wrong and you need to stop this. No, he opened the door for you by asking you, what's going on with you, brother? Why, why are you not coming? See, that's when you, that's when you promote it, brothers and sisters. But don't be like the Pharisees walking around with the law in their chest, looking to just, you know, be the deputies over everybody, telling them what they should do and what they shouldn't do. Because we didn't get the truth for that. We got the truth for what? Self-application. Not to go tell and correct everybody. Brother, read that again from the top, please. You read 27 through 31, please. Matthew 23, verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto witted sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. So they'll claim they really just want you to follow the law. That's all I want, brother. I just want you to be pleasing God. <laughs> but it's something else. Continue, brother. Verse 28. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men. See, outwardly appear to be righteous to men. A lot of people are doing that, brothers and sisters. A lot of their <clears throat> philanthropy, a lot of uh, every, you know, a lot of the things that they do is really so they can be viewed <laughs> as something that they're really not in front of men. The scripture before us told us they would rather have praise of men than of the Most High God. Because why? You can't lie to the Most High God. He know your heart. <laughs> right. You can do some philanthropy out there and just from, the you know, a brother or sister look at it and say, oh, yeah, he's a good brother. You know, he's dealing in charity. But really, you're doing it to be viewed as higher than what you, you are. The most I tell you about that, brothers and sisters. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's true. People do, you know, seems like they only do charity when the camera's rolling. You know, and that's not everybody, but, you know, in this day and age of social media, we see it a lot, brothers and sisters. We see it a lot. Uh, uh, what scripture did you leave off on, brother? I was finishing up 28. All right. <clears throat> Verse 28. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Mm -hmm. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. And say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Because remember, people were coming to Christ and saying he was breaking certain laws. And they were looking to kill him, brothers and sisters. So people who dealing in that spirit, these same people would give you up, brothers and sisters. If the time came, they would give you up. Because And then they would make themselves feel okay by saying, well, yeah, he was wrong anyway, so he deserved to die. That's how they'll make themselves feel about it. He was breaking God's law anyway, so, you know, God wanted them dead. This is how they make themselves feel okay about <laughs> taking you in. Continue, brother. Verse 31. Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves, that ye are the children of them which kill the prophets. Right, that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. So when I see somebody in that spirit, right? I, I, you know, I say, listen, I need you to get as far away from me and everybody that I know because you would destroy me and everybody that I love. You would spread like a cancer. Somebody who looking to tell you everything you need to stop doing. That's not of Christ, brothers and sisters. How could Christ 
deal with publicans and sinners if he was correcting them on everything they were doing. See, so Christ didn't do that, brothers and sisters. When the opportunity presented itself, operative word is presented itself, not you <laughs> trying to make it seem like you're the smartest person in the room. That's not humility, brothers and sisters. That's not humility. And when you're coming to Israel, you must be humble. Because no matter what you're saying, you could be right. But if they feel, if brothers and sisters feel like you're treating them like they're under you, they're going to reject it. Mm-hmm. You best believe it. They will reject it. So humility, brothers and sisters, is our greatest strength. It's our greatest strength. Let's go to Philippians 2 and 1, brother. We're going to read 1 through 8. Philippians 2, verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies... Right, so this is how you keep together a body under Christ. Continue, brother. Verse 2. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Lowliness of mind is humility, brothers and sisters. Read 3 one more time, brother. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every... Excuse me, brother. Read three one more time, please. Verse three. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory. Because why? Those same people that deal in the pharisaical spirit who are looking to correct you on everything and, and make you modify your behavior due to how they view the world, brothers and sisters... Those people are insecure. That's what it is. It's insecurity, brothers and sisters. Because why? Because they're insecure. They need you to feel less than. They need you to feel less than. That screams insecurity. And anybody spiritual can see. If you're looking to attack everybody and try to get them to conform to you, you're insecure. You relentlessly look for fault in others who are trying to follow the most high. Because insecurity and Excuse me, because insecurity and envy often go together hand in hand, people will look to try and find errors in you. Because them finding error in you and them having you modify actually makes them feel better about themselves. Somebody who's secure is not looking to do that. They're looking to just worship the Most High and you know perfect being a follower of Christ. They're not looking to correct everybody, to make themselves feel over. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. See, we need to promote others better than ourselves or more than ourselves, brothers and sisters. That's humility. Verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let... So look after your brothers and sisters. Don't always look to get yours first. Look for them to get theirs first. That's humility, brothers and sisters. Humility is taking yourself out of the equation, not even thinking about yourself. That's what humility is, brothers and sisters. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Read that one more time. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. So we must follow Christ, brothers and sisters. Verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery 
to be equal with God. Continue, but, brother. But made himself of no reputation. Read that part again. Verse 6. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation. Made himself of no reputation. What does that mean? That means that Christ didn't fashion himself after being privileged or entitled. Christ could have been the most arrogant. He's the greatest man of all. He could have been arrogant. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Took upon him. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Right. So Christ said, I came to serve, not to be served. And any good leader, anybody who wants to do the work for Christ, understand your position. Your position is to serve, brothers and sisters. And there's nothing wrong with that. Christ served. If you love somebody, you try your hardest to bring them closer to the Most High God. Whatever you know, you give it to them so they can meet you in the kingdom. That's love, brothers and sisters. That's humility. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself, brothers and sisters. We already read that exaltation follows humility, right? The cross before the crown. The person who seeks honor will ultimately be humiliated. That's scripture, brothers and sisters. Humility is a prerequisite for honor. We should cherish and manifest the spirit of Christ's humility. We all can learn something from it, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 15 and 33. Proverbs 15, verse 33. The fear of the Most High is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Read that again, brother. Verse 33. The fear of the Most High is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. See? God exalts the meek, the humble, brothers and sisters. Humility is an essential characteristic of piety. If you want to be exalted, you must first be humble. You must be uh, read that one more time, brother, please, before we move on. Verse 33. <clears throat> the fear of the Most High is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Right. We're going to First Peter, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson is humility in the age of arrogance. We want to give the biblical principles in regards to being humble, brothers and sisters, as followers of Christ. We're going to read 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to read verse 8 through 17. 1 Peter 3 verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are th- thereunto called. That ye should inherit a blessing. Right. So brothers and sisters. We can't render evil for evil. Two rights don't make it wrong. It make it even. And that's wrong. So we must be able to take being mistreated patiently. We servants brothers and sisters. We must take impiety meekly. 
Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 9. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrary-wise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. This is humility, brothers and sisters. These are the things we must practice. And, you know, the Greeks, uh, when they were ruling, they looked at meekness and humility as a weakness. But according to the Bible, it's actually a strength. You being humble doesn't mean you're weak or you're afraid. And see, that's what society have taught us. If you're humble, you're being passive. You're scared. No, that's not. You being humble knows that you could go there, but you don't want to go there because it's going to be problems for everybody. That's what that means. You're secure. Continue, brother. Verse 12. For the eyes of the Most High are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Most High is against them that do evil. Right. So usually the hardest time to be humble is when you know you're right. Yeah. Or you know you're being treated unfairly. Right. When something is unmerited, we want to react and rectify it. However, patiently responding to the unjust accusations and actions of others demonstrates our strength, our godly character, and gives us an opportunity to put on humility. Continue, brother. Verse 13. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But as if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the most high God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Right. We must be meek, brothers and sisters. We must be humble. That is actually the attribute that will have somebody ask you a question and learn from you because you're humble. Who wants to learn from somebody who's proud, proud and pride? And see, that's the issue. A lot of our people, especially in the black community, we're so afraid to ask for help because why? We're afraid that when we ask you for help, you'll give it, but then you'll go promote that I needed the help. Yeah. See? And that's where the problem is. That's the problem, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 16. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Right. So even though somebody may be a foe, you continue to be, you know, humble, in humility, and meek, well, they will be ashamed. And they'll be shown to be a fool. Because everybody will see that, you know, you're irrational, you're attacking them, and this person has been nothing but humble to you, like Christ. Continue, brother. Verse 17. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing, than for evil-doing. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17. For it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Right. So, brothers and sisters, there's suffering. Everybody's going to suffer at some point. We would rather suffer for righteousness. We would rather suffer for righteousness. That's what makes you a righteous man or a righteous woman, a righteous child. Let's go to Proverbs 25, brother.
Proverbs 25, we're going to read 6 and 7. Proverbs 25, verse 6. Put not forth thyself in the presence of the king, and stand not in the place of great men. For better is it that is it be said unto thee, Come up hither, than that thou shouldest be put lower in the presence of the prince, whom thine eyes have seen. Right, so if you find yourself wanting to sit at the head of the table, wanting others to recognize your contribution, or you become offended when others are honored or chosen, pride is present. We must prefer that others are celebrated before ourselves. Read that one more time from the top, brother, please. Verse 7. For better it is that it be said unto thee, come up hither. Actually, can you start at verse Verse. 6, brother, please? Verse 6. Put not forth thyself in the presence of the king, and stand not in the place of great men. For it is better that it be said unto thee, come up hither, than that thou shouldest be put lower in the presence of the prince, whom thine eyes have seen. So, brothers and sisters, if you if you're a follower of Christ, you don't need to always be recognized. In fact, you would want to facilitate somebody else being recognized. That's what should make you feel good. Giving that limelight to somebody else who may not get it that often. That's humility, brothers and sisters. Taking yourself out of the equation, not even thinking about yourself. That's humility. Let's go to Romans 12 and 10, brothers and sisters. Romans 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Preferring one another, brothers and sisters. We must have a desire to support others being recognized or celebrated outside of ourselves. If you can't do that, brothers and sisters, watch those people who are never happy for you. you. Watch those people. You tell them, man, I just got a new job. Oh, okay. Good job, man. Good job. They're not even happy for you. A true, a, a true follower of Christ reacts like it happened to them. That's humility, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. Be kindly affectionate one to another with, bro- with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. We should prefer each other, brothers and sisters. We should try to lift each other, not ourselves. He who exalt himself is a base. The Bible tells you that. Exalt your brother. Exalt your sister. And honor will come. Let's go to Ephesians 6 and 8, brothers and sisters. Ephesians 6, verse 8. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall be received, shall he receive of the Most High. Whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, do the same thing unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. Read verse 8 one more time, brother, please. Verse 8. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Most High, whether he be bond or free. Right, so humility, brothers and sisters, uh, biblically speaking, comes from self-assurance. Because of our new awakening in Christ, we can serve and we know that we do not need to be noticed or rewarded here on earth. You're not doing it for a reward. See, that's what comes with your new awakening. We understand that we serve one who always sees 
what you're doing and will reward you with the promise he said. So we must understand that we as followers and those working in the vineyard don't need to be recognized for everything that we do, brothers and sisters. The Most High will recognize you when the time comes. Let's not look to get recognition from men. That's not humility, brothers and sisters. That's what the Pharisees did. That's what the foes, the enemies did, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Most High, whether he be bond or free. So whatever you do, you receive in return. You reap what you sow, brothers and sisters. If you sow righteousness, you'll receive righteousness. You sow charity, you'll receive charity. You sow love, you're going to receive love, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 2 and 11. The Tanakh. Isaiah 2 verse 11. The lofty looks on the lofty looks of man shall be humbled and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down and the most high alone shall be exalted in that day. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled and the haughtiness of man shall be bowed down and the most high alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the most high of hosts shall be upon every one that is proud and lofty, and upon every one that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low. Right, so if you exalt yourself, you will be brought low. So it would behoove you to humble yourself before the Most High have to humble you. Because that's usually where it goes, especially for us, especially as black men. A lot of times we are very arrogant, especially in our youth and young, you know. And the Most High do something to humble us for the rest of our life. That's usually how it happens. You see black celebrities, right, on TV being completely braggadocious. And then something happened and transpired in their life where they've been humbled face to face by the Most High. So, brothers and sisters, let's take it upon ourselves to, to humble ourselves before the Most High humble you. Because why? The Most High will always give you an opportunity to change in private. He'll come to you in private and tell you a few times. But once you don't get that point, now he needs to expose you before everybody. Because I told you in private. Now you didn't want to hear it. So now you slip on a banana peel in front of everybody now. So brothers and sisters, humility is that is that is the attribute. That's your strength in this truth. A lot of brothers, they have the knowledge, but they don't know how to present it because they're not humble. Humility goes further than you actually know in precepts. Brothers and sisters, let us show you. Let's go to 1 Timothy 1 and 15. First Timothy 1 verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception, uh, acceptation that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Right. This is Paul, brothers and sisters. Verse 16. He said, read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Christ came to save sinners who I am the chief of the sinners. Look how humble he was being. He said, listen, I was the main sinner because why? What was Paul doing? Paul was persecuting the church, brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. He was a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. He was killing our people. So he humbly admitted that he is probably the worst sinner of them all. How many of us 
could say that. How many of us, brothers and sisters? We need to be able to be honest. Because why? That's part of your humility, brothers and sisters. Not trying to exalt yourself to be something that the Most High don't view you as. And that's each and every one of us, brothers and sisters. Because why? A lot of times we get knowledge and get puffed up. When really the more knowledge you get, the more humble you should become. That's how it should be, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, before we move on. Verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Who I am the chief. He admitted that he was probably the top sinner, brothers and sisters. That goes to show you that even the worst sinner, the most I could turn around and become a righteous man and do the work. Usually it's the worst sinners who do the the most work. Because why? They went hard for Satan. And they go that much harder for the most high God. That's why. Christ, that's why the Most High always chose men of low estate. That's why. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 and 9, brothers and sisters. First Corinthians 15, verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles. Read that again, brother. For I am the least of the apostles. Paul's teachings and life emphasized and illustrated the true humility. Of a follower of Christ. Read that one more time brother. Verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles. That am not to meet and to, and to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. This brother was humble. This brother was sh- showing humility. And this is why Paul was one of the greatest disciples. He was one of the greatest disciples. Who never met Christ. Other than on the road to Damascus. Where Christ knocked him back and blinded. Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters. So humility comes before honor. So you must be humble, brothers and sisters, so the Most High can catapult you to your proper position. That's each and every one of us. Remember, the Most High said he had us wander the desert for 40 years just to humble us. It took 40 years to humble us, brothers and sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, exactly. (laughs) Exactly, brother. Um, Let's go to 1 Peter uh, 5 and 5. First Peter chapter five, verse five and six, please. First Peter five, verse five. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye, um, yeah, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Read that part again, brother. For God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. To the humble, brothers and sisters. Humble yourself and be exalted. The man who abases himself, brings himself low, shall be exalted, brothers and sisters. It's the complete opposite of what this world (laughs) programmed you to believe. Even, you know, the brothers think that it's cool. (laughs) You know, it's cute to be braggadocious. And a lot of the sisters have fed into that. A lot of the sisters are actually braggadocious now. A lot of brothers and sisters, humility is your greatest strength. It's your greatest asset. It's your greatest virtue. Uh, read, read verse 6, brother, please. Verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Read that again, brother. Verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, 
that he may exalt you in due time. Self-exaltation comes before divine abasing. But divine exaltation is the result of self-abasement, brothers and sisters. If you bring yourself high, if you bring yourself high, the Most High is going to bring you low. You bring yourself low as a servant, he will exalt you in the proper time, brothers and sisters. It's like a seesaw. You go down, you go up. You go down, you go up. That's how it works, brothers and sisters. Society have done, uh, you know, a great job on keeping these biblical principles from us. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, brothers and sisters. Second Corinthians 8, verse 9. For ye know that the grace of our, our Savior Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through your... Through his poverty might be rich. Right. So brothers and sisters, Paul was emphasizing the humility of Christ. Christ could have been in rulership. He chose not to be in rulership. That's humility. Where you could be viewed as something greater, but you choose not to be. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. For ye know that the grace of our Savior Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That ye through his poverty might be rich. Right. So brothers and sisters, we must be able to condescend to any level. Because you have so much knowledge, can you not condescend to somebody who don't have it yet? Can you do that? That's what we must do, brothers and sisters. Because why? We must sit amongst the sinners. Those are the people who need the truth. That's what Christ said. I sit with the sinners because those are who need me. If you're healed already, you don't need me. That's what Christ is saying. Let's go to Matthew 11 and 28, brother. Humility is the attribute we're looking to learn and perpetuate, brothers and sisters. Honor comes after humility. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Excuse me, one second, brother. Matthew 11 and 28. Sloppy. Verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Read that part again. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Right. So brothers and sisters, Christ's humility is what had brothers pursue him. Not his arrogance. Not his knowledge. He's saying that my yoke is light because why you had Pharisees who were pretty much uh, imposing certain laws into God's word that the Most High didn't have, have other people follow. So he said, listen, the burden is light. The burden is light. Take upon my yoke and you'll have rest. I'm not looking to run you all over the place, tell you you're wrong about this, you're wrong about that, you're wrong about this, you need to change this, you need to change that. He's saying you will have rest because you'll understand the love. They followed Christ because he loved them. Imagine how the Pharisees felt and the priests felt when Christ walked into a room and the sinners and the sick flocked to him. How do you think they felt? They flocked to him because he loved them. 
Not because he was trying to tell them everything they was doing wrong. Humility, brothers and sisters. Let's move forward. Let's go to Luke 7 and 36, brother. We're going to read 36 through 39. Luke 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Christ sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind his, behind his feet with tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head. Oh, I think we missed something, brother. Can you read 38 one more time, please? Thank you. Verse 38. And stood at his feet behind him weeping. And began to wash his feet with tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head. And kissed his feet. And anointed them with the ointment. So she began to wash Christ's feet, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 39. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying... This man, if he, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman that, that is that touch him, for she is a sinner. Right, so brothers and sisters, Christ purposely associated with those of low estate. Purposely. Our culture is very status conscious, right? And people naturally want to socialize upward. We understand that, but what? We must resist the temptation of being partial. In regards to those with status or wealth, brothers and sisters. See? So Christ could condescend. He could be amongst sinners. And not try to, uh, you know, rule over them. And tell them how they're wrong about this and that. That's not the spirit of humility, brothers and sisters. You must be able to be amongst the sinners. And pull them out. You must be able to. Let's go to Mark 2 and 16, brothers and sisters. Mark 2, verse 16. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Right, see? So they had a problem that Christ wouldn't sit up in the high seats with the Pharisees. Christ would be down... You know, fraternizing with, you know, the regular people, the sinners, those who needed him. He didn't need to sit up in the high seats and show some level of authority. He didn't need that. He was humble. Continue, brother. Verse 17. When Christ heard it, he said unto them, they that, are, they that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. See, so I'm with the sinners because that's who need me. That's who need the truth. That's who need the healing. I'm with the sick. I'm not sitting up in the high seats. And that, excuse me, that brings to mind, when you go into a lot of these Christian churches, the first three rows is wrapped off yeah. for ushers and for the family. When the sick are supposed to be in the front, not the assistant pastor's family. It's not VIP, brothers and sisters. That's not humility. Those who need the healings need a touch, a blessing. Those are the ones that should be up front, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Mark 10 and 45. Just a few chapters over. Mark 10 and 
Mark 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. Read that again, brother. Verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Right. So, brothers and sisters, anyone can claim to be a servant, but Christ was treated like a servant and never complained about it. It's a difference between serving somebody and being a servant, being treated like a servant, brothers and sisters. Christ's agenda was never to promote himself. He came to serve, not to be served. That's the spirit that we all must be in, brothers and sisters. Anybody who've ever been a captain of a football team or, you know, uh, somebody who's been a physical trainer or something in that manner, maybe a teacher of another language, you understand that as you're in that position, you're actually there to help people. You're actually there to teach them Hebrew. You're actually there to serve them. You're actually there to show them how to work out. You're there to serve them, brothers and sisters. See, some people, they see the position and they get it, they get it misconstrued. They think it's about being in charge and telling people what to do when really it's about serving those needs. What they need, you become. You become whatever they need, brothers and sisters. That's humility. Let's move forward, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. We don't have many scriptures left. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ, and ourselves your servants for Christ's sake. Read that one more time, brother. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ, and ourselves your servants for Christ's sake. Right, so we're servants, brothers and sisters. The true test of humility comes when you're treated like a servant. (laughs) It's one thing to choose to serve. It's another thing entirely to, you know, to choose to be a servant. A servant is often taken for granted, overlooked, unnoticed. A servant gives up the right to be in charge of whom they serve, when they serve, and how long they serve. That's the difference between serving somebody and being a servant. Let's go to Proverbs 27 and 2. Proverbs 27, verse 2. Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth. A stranger, and not thine own lips. Don't be braggadocious, brothers and sisters. Let others give you recognition. You know, for me personally, when somebody does give me a compliment, I make it a point to make sure I give a compliment back in that same sentence. It's it's hard for me to accept a compliment without giving a compliment, brothers and sisters. You must be in the spirit of humility. You must not be a person who's looking for adulation. Because why? You be Satan will use that. He will use you looking for adulation. You're looking to be praised by men and women and not of the Most High God. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth. A stranger, and not thine own lips. Right, that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 25 and 27. Just a few chapters back. Proverbs 25, verse 26. A righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. It is not good to eat much honey, 
So for men to search their own glory is not glory. Read that part again, brother. So for men to search their own glory is not glory. Actually, read read 27, the whole uh, verse, brother, please. Verse 27. It is not good to eat much honey. So for men to search their own glory is not glory. See, if you're looking for your glory, that's not glory at all. It's not good to seek one's own honor, brothers and sisters. Doing so is like eating too much honey. Sweet as it is, healthy as it is in the proper amounts, too much of this good thing will make you sick and sick of it. That's what this is saying, brothers and sisters. Let's go to John 5 and 44. We have about five more passages we'll break down. John chapter 5, verse 44, brothers and sisters. John 5, verse 44. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Read 44 one more time, brother. Verse 44. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? So you're foolish if you look to be praised by the mouth of a man and make no effort to receive praise that comes praise that comes from the most high God. Because some people are looking for that. They're looking just on the outside for people to say how deep they are and how much they know stuff. And how righteous they are. When really you're doing it for that reason. You're not doing it for the right reasons. Which actually makes your charity or your uh, philanthropy a sin. That's the truth brothers and sisters. You're a fool if you're looking to be praised by other men. And not the most high God. It must be a terrible thing for a man to live his life to please another man. Let's go to Psalms 138 and 6. One thirty-eight, chapter one thirty-eight, excuse me, and verse six. Psalms one thirty-eight, verse six. Though the Most High be high, yet hath He respect unto the lowly. Read that one more time. Verse six. Though the Most High God be high, yet hath He respect unto the lowly. But the proud He knoweth afar off. Right. Those who are proud have an inappropriate and inflated view of themselves. They attribute their accomplishments. To their own efforts and fail to acknowledge that everything they have and are comes from the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. Though the Most High God be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. But the proud he knoweth afar off. Right. Let's go to Proverbs 15 and 22. Wisdom scriptures. Brothers and sisters, if you haven't read Proverbs, I you know, I would suggest that when you on a Sabbath sometime. Just read some of Proverbs. It is a sensational record. Facts. Proverbs 15, verse 22. Without counsel purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. Without counsel purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. Right. So a quality that we typically see in a humble person, brothers and sisters, is willingness to receive counsel. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Right. Humble people are never too proud to seek out wisdom of others Make you know before making important decisions. 
If you can't do that, if you can't ask another brother or sister for their opinion, then you're proud, brother. You say it again, brother. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Read that one more time, brother. Verse twenty-two. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Brothers and sisters, this lesson is to help brothers and sisters with leadership in regards to humility. Because why? The team is much more effective when the leader is humble. That's how it is, brothers and sisters. We must all take this into account. We may not be leading right now, but the Most High may be fashioning you to lead. You may not even know it. There's brothers and sisters looking at you. And following you, don't think that your family's not watching you. <laughs> they may not be acting out what you're saying, but they are watching and listening to you, brothers and sisters. Humility. We must use, we must put on the cloak of humility, brothers and sisters. Because even through you may be saying something that they disagree with because your your humility, they will allow you to continue. The humility is going to take you further than the knowledge actually will, brothers and sisters. This is something we must all practice. We're going to Luke uh, 18 and 9. Luke 18, verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eye unto heaven, but smote unto his, his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. So, brothers and sisters, examine what's going on here. Saying that you're humble or thinking of yourself as a modest man is actually a perverted, a perverted version of pride. That's what the Bible is saying, brothers and sisters. The key to humility is to take your eyes off yourself. Read that one more time, brother, to show you the difference between the Pharisee's prayer and the publican. Verse 11. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. I thank that I am not as other men. Continue, brother. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. See, so you have false humility. You have brothers who show themselves to be humble, but it's because they think they're better than you. See, and that's not humility, brothers and sisters. You don't need to tell somebody how modest and humble you are because by you doing that, you're showing just how prideful you are. Continue, brother. Verse 12. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. See, it's all about what I do. See? Continue, brother. Verse 13. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for every one that exalteth himself shall be abased. See? And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. See? 
Continue, brother. Verse, verse 15. And they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Christ called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. Why? Because children are meek. Children are humble. Children are not arrogant and proud. Children are forgiving. Children have the propensity to forgive. Get punched, get socked in the eye one day at school. And then go back the next day giggling and laughing with the person who punched them in the eye. <laughs> if you don't come as one of these little child children, you will not receive the kingdom. Continue, brother. Verse 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Christ said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one. That is God. See, that's humility. He wouldn't even receive the compliment, brothers and sisters. That's humility. There's none good but God, but the Most High. Now, Christ could have accepted that, but he was trying to show his humility. Because why? That humility would lead his ministry. People came to him because he was humble, not because he acted like he knew everything. They didn't mind learning from him because why? He decreased himself and allowed you to increase. Somebody won't, you know, they don't have a problem learning from you as long as they're able to grow. You cannot water the seed and then stunt the growth by not allowing them to be themselves and grow. You must allow them to increase and you decrease. The more they get to know, the smaller you make yourself because it's not about you. You're not important. You're a servant. And if it wasn't you, the Most High said he could raise up a rock to worship him. So if it wasn't us being servants, it would be somebody else. We're really not that important, brothers and sisters. We're just here as a mouthpiece for the Most High to try to help our brothers and sisters. But if you get too, too big-headed, you will be thrown down. That's why Moses didn't make it into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. The Most High gave him strict commandments. He hit the rock. And water gushed. He started to feel himself thinking that it was through his power that the, you know, the, uh, the miracles happened. When it wasn't through him at all, it was through the Most High. Mm -hmm. So even Moses started to feel himself just a tad too much. And the Most High had to say, you know what, Moses, I love you. You're a righteous man. But we must part ways here because you've become proud. We must separate here. So, brothers and sisters, we all must stay in that spirit of humility and follow after Christ's example. Take our eyes off of ourselves and put it on others. Let's go to Psalms 147 and 6, and then we'll go to Psalms 149 and 4, and we'll close it out. 147 and 6. Psalms 147, verse 6. The Most High lifted up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. See, the Most High will exalt you. He will lift up the meek and humble. But what? He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Why is it saying he cast the wicked down to the ground? Because Lucifer fell because of his pride. See? Lucifer was cast down because of his pride, brothers and sisters. If you want to be exalted, you must 
you must show humility. You must show meekness. You must show, you know, forgiveness. You must show long suffering. You must show understanding. You must show these things, brothers and sisters, in order to receive the kingdom. Because he's not going to give the kingdom of heaven to a bunch of proud people. He's not going to do that. We're going to Psalms 149 and 4, brothers and sisters. We'll close it out here. Psalm 149, verse 4. For the Most High taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautifully... He will beautify the meek with salvation. Right. Salvation is based on you being meek, brothers and sisters. That's part of your salvation. If you're proud, you will be blotted out of the book. Brothers and sisters, humility and meekness are often inseparable. They're often one and the same. So today's lesson was humility in an age of arrogance. We pray that... Each and every individual is able to examine themselves and screen themselves through the Bible and institute or establish these biblical principles in regards to humility and watch your exaltation. Watch those who are looking to learn from you, who will would be gladly let you lead them because you're humble. Humility is your greatest gift, brothers and sisters. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.